I'm now in Two Rivers, Wisconsin at the Londonderry Alpaca Ranch. I am broadcasting today from a ranch. The ranch is owned by Mr. Kevin Store, and I assure you this is the most unique ranch. The show will begin with not Kevin nor me, but with a few words from Cleopatra. And we call that a clucking sound, and that's usually done with a mother and a baby because she's trying to get her baby to come over here. Yes, you are. And this one is Cleopatra. And Cleopatra is about, I'm going to say, eight months old. We are in the building that this building was built for the alpacas in 2000. And it was built, uh, the cattle were on the other side. The, the, the last major livestock enterprise that was on this place was dairy cows. We actually milked cows, we bottled milk, we delivered door to door, and we had a dairy store across the way. Hmm. Most people expect to come in here and see lots of pens for alpacas because this is the barn. Alpaca fiber is three times warmer than sheep wool, seven times as strong as sheep wool, doesn't have the itch, so the alpacas stay warm in the winter. I'm not so much concerned about the winter with the alpacas. I'm concerned when we get into August and September when we have hot, humid weather because these animals are from the Andes. And the Andes, as they would get too hot, they would go higher and higher in the mm -hmm. Andes. And as it got too cold up there, they would come down. So we use this for storage. It's, it's basically used in the winter. The alpacas have been in here a couple of times. Uh, I'm in charge of the 4-H program for Mantua County on llamas and alpacas, so we have meetings in here, we walk alpacas in here and do stuff like that. Right now we're, we're looking at the major hay storage that I have here. Uh, alpacas eat different hay than milk cows. Mm -hmm. Milk cows you feed a high protein hay to, so they produce more milk because it's protein. On alpacas, we don't want such a high protein. We want a lower protein. So this is all orchard grass. So we have different pens all around here. I don't know who is in and who's out right now, but we're going to take a look at the details. So we have these, these girls. Uh -huh. And two of the girls were at the Wisconsin State Fair. We have Mona Lisa and we have Penelope. Uh, this is Voodoo. And of course they're coming up to us, and the reason they're coming up to us is because they see us as feeding machines. Uh -huh, right. uh, so we do a lot of tool. When we bring people out, they generally have food. Right. So that's why they come up very easily then. Uh, the alpacas are not going to be too active today because it's pretty cold. Mm -hmm. uh, we have mats for the alpacas to sleep on because uh, if they lay on direct concrete, concrete draws the heat from the body. Mm -hmm. It draws the heat from the body whether it's summer or it's winter, but in the winter it's worse. Mm -hmm. So, so, they, so they're sleeping on this? <coughs> right. Oh, they will okay. sit on, these are old cow mats. Uh, so these are young girls. These girls will probably be shown next year at county fairs, at our alpaca show and things like that. As you can see, they're very curious of mm -hmm. us. They're very shy and gentle animals compared to the llama, which is much more assertive. In fact, they use llamas to guard the alpacas in South America. Mm -hmm. We have no llamas on the ranch. I guess I'm the guy with the alpaca. Uh, what else? I'm told they're a relatively intelligent animal. Yes, compared to milk cows. <laughs> this is 
it's going to be brain, brain surgeons <laughs> compared to the milk cows. The milk cows were more of a challenge, but they are, they, they pick up things very quickly. They pick up on people very quickly. They can tell you who, who is their friend and who is their not, and, and they, they understand people. Um, these animals, my animals get worked with quite a bit because of the 4-H program in this county. And so I will have kids that will lead these animals, and certain kids have connected with certain animals. This one is Voodoo Lily. She has a young man that has shown her for three years, and she is just in love with this guy. And she will do. She probably doesn't even need a halter on because she just follow him around no mm. matter what. That's what she does. So, um, so the building was built with the alpacas in mind. I didn't want big pens because I noticed when we had big pens of cattle, we would have problems with uh, uh, the, the ones that were lower socially in the grouping would eat last. So the mm -hmm. largest pen we have here is seven alpacas in a pen. Well, they certainly are a nice looking animal. Right. They're, they're very aesthetically pleasing yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Uh, my former job when I was working, I worked in the Green Bay Public School District and I was a counselor. Some of my days were not very pleasant. <laughs> so sometimes I would just come here and take a chair and sit out there and they'll come right up to you. You try to touch them, of course they're going to run away, but then they'll come right back by you because they're very curious about what are you doing and why are you out there. Mm -hmm. uh, so they, you know, they, they just got fed their morning feeding. So right now and they are ruminants like cows mm -hmm. so uh, they ate quite a bit of their hay and what they'll do is they'll sit down and now they'll churn it up and they'll bring it back up and then they'll break it down again and it'll be swallowed again the the, the question i usually get about alpacas is do they spit uh, they do spit but they won't spit at you alpacas will generally spit at one another mm -hmm. But they're not like a llama. A llama is much more assertive, and a llama will come up right up to you and spit at you and walk back and think nothing of it, whereas the alpacas are a little bit different than that. They have a different personality, even when they're all part of the camelid family. They look so healthy. A big chore to maintain this healthy? Um, a lot of veterinary No, no. There's some here dairy cows. This is a cakewalk for me. Uh, dairy cows and calves, we were constantly treating with medication. Right now we have, it, it, we, we do not medicate very often here, but I notice signs on, I, I also call it when I see an alpaca that isn't exactly right. When their personality shows me that they're doing something different, I call it sick eye here. And it isn't because of their eyes are telling me, it's just that their actions are telling me that they're sick. Mm -hmm. So it, we do not have that kind of problems but I watch them very closely. I, being raised with livestock my whole life, I'll tell you, I know when animals are sick or when they're not 100%. And when they're 100%, there's, and alpacas will also try to cover up if they're sick because in, the, in South America, if they were sick, that would be an indication for a wild dog mm -hmm. or coyote or wolf to get them. So they try to cover this up, though some of them aren't as good as other ones. Now you've obviously given them a haircut. Right. Yeah. They got a haircut. We shear once a year. We shear May, in the middle of May. We hopefully will shear before it gets ungodly hot here. 
and hopefully after the last snowstorm, which is usually a difference of one day here. So because one year we had snow, we're shearing to one-eighth of an inch. So one year we had snow after we sheared. So I had to lay down straw in this whole big building and all the alpacas because they couldn't be outside. Now you can see that one of them's playing with the cord over there because they're bored. Mm -hmm. They are really bored during the winter. During the summer they're not so much because there's cars and they'll go out in the fields and things. And the uh, care of the hooves? Okay, well they're really not hooves and, and I know that my niece will tell you and she's in vet school that they're called hooves in vet school and I said no they're not called hooves. I said they are two giant nails and they have a pad on the bottom of their feet like a dog. So the two giant nails are like giant nails from a dog just like when you trim a dog or a cat, you have to be careful not to hit the quick because it'll bleed. I used to have many theories about nails and the way they grew and certain color alpacas grew longer nails and things like this. But these alpacas are on concrete for part of the day, so they will wear theirs down. There's some alpacas that at, at the ranch that are not on concrete, so I will have to... The boys, the big boys on campus, uh, the breeding boys, are all on ground, so I have to watch their feet very closely. But these girls all have pretty trim nails. And otherwise we trim, trim when we shear, but otherwise there's some of them that have to be trimmed a couple times a year. So we feed twice a day here. Some alpaca breeders only feed once a day. We feed twice a day, so I have a visual on every animal. I have four kids that are hired here. They will come in in the morning at 5.30. They leave exactly at quarter to seven. Their ride will be here. And the reason they leave exactly at quarter to seven is because as an old educator, I don't want this place used as an excuse for not going to school for this. Whether the chores are done or not, I will finish the chores uh, because I get up before the kids. I sort of, sometimes the kids work faster than other days and things like this. Today wasn't a pleasant day to be working on the ranch at when it was three degrees. Uh, but my young man came in and did as good a job as he could. Uh, his mother was here. I did a lot of the other stuff that I, I fed hay, I did water, I did the grain this morning because I, and I do grain every morning and the reason, so I have that vision. And how many do you have in your herd right now? We have 46 on the ranch mm -hmm. as of today. Now, I say that as of today because there's a couple that have been sold that are still here. Mm -hmm. And we also have, I have one boy off of the farm that's owned 50% by another farm, and so he's not here. So during the summer, I have girls that come here for dates, and so they will be here for about uh, six to eight weeks for their dates, and then they will go back to their room. But So the number fluctuates. This place was designed for over one, about 100 alpacas. We have 46 now, which gives me a lot more flexibility with them. I don't want to be collecting alpacas, but I have to look at, I don't like selling. So the whole thing is, and I'm very particular about who buys alpacas from me, uh, they're not going to be used and chained on a lawn for someone to, so they don't have to cut the grass. I mean, I want these animals taken care of. I want them to have a better life. The girls that are, are bred for next year, uh, they're pregnant. 
Gestation is 11 months and one week, so they're pregnant most of the year. I have one girl over there that's pregnant, so we'll have five of them that'll have babies next year. You can see most of them, they all take have tags around their neck with their names on it. Some of the names have sort of faded off, but I know most of them. Mm -hmm. The reason we put names on them is, or they're all registered, but the reason I put names on them, so if the kids are working, they can tell me more than the white alpaca has. 80% of the herd here is white. You can see that, and they're cud chewers, mm -hmm. and Yahtzee is showing how she chews her cud, and if you notice, they chew it from left to right and right to left. They don't go around in a circle. It's unusual, because mm -hmm. cows went around in a circle. And Yahtzee's telling this Salzburg, get out of my space, and if you notice, her ears went back, and Salzburg's ears. So these are uh, Yahtzee, uh, Salzburg, and Eleanor, this will be their first babies. Odyssey had a baby before, so she's, she's an experienced mom. But they'll sit here, uh, they'll start having babies next uh, May. We, we try to make sure that uh, all the manure is cleaned up by today. It was hard to clean up because it's frozen tight to the ground. Yeah. But otherwise, the kids do a pretty good job of keeping ahead of the manure. And now this weekend, it's supposed to start warming up, so then we'll get all the manure up from, from this year uh, that has been frozen tight forever. We have automatic waters here, uh, so we don't have to haul out pails. Uh, there's a couple pens without, without automatic waters in the first pen. There was a blue pail, and, and that one we have to fill by hand. It's always a challenge here when we get below zero that uh, the water is going to be working. Yes. Uh, today, uh, every water was working because I check them in the morning when I feed the grain. Now you can see they're still curious about us and still wondering what we're doing here and things like that. So, uh, and, and Yahtzee's still chewing her cut, so she's pretty relaxed. You've you got to consider these animals are probably, most of these females are about 150 pounds. They probably have about two to three inches of fiber on them right now, so they look a lot bigger than they are. Uh, it's a lot different than a 1,500-pound Holstein cow kicking you, and you definitely knew you were kicked back. So the kids, the kids all, I, I can always tell if a kid gets it by the way they move around the animals. And I have one kid that has never been on a farm. He was on this morning and he just does fine here. And then I have a, one other kid that is in the 4-H alpaca project. He knows all these animals. He probably knows them better than I do. And then I have a young lady that's in my 4-H club because I'm a club leader. And she comes from a dairy farm and this is a little bit different for her. And then uh, my, my fourth young lady or my fourth student that works here she she's with horses and and so she she and i know all these kids i i see them once in a while because i talk to these alpacas once in a while they'll be talking to the alpacas mm -hmm. too so then i know i have them mm -hmm. you know that these kids are usually once the kids come i don't lose them they usually stay their whole high school career they'll work other jobs around this job because it's they're on four we have 14 uh, 14 feedings a week, so they'll work four or three feedings during the week. So, and they sort of like that. And I want kids that are involved. I want. I don't want kids that this is their whole life. I want kids that are involved. I have a young man that's out for basketball in Two Rivers. I have a young lady that's out for band in uh, Lutheran High. Uh, my other one is he's in an industrial arts club at Michicot. 
and my other one is pretty busy because they have a big farm. The natural life is usually around 20 years, but we're getting that information out of Peru. And in Peru, they don't get always the best care with us monitoring and adjusting. We're thinking they're gonna live to 21 or 22. I was just talking to another alpaca breeder in Denmark, Wisconsin, and he has an alpaca that's 24. Okay, the retail shop started because I realize a lot of people can't afford an alpaca or don't have space for the alpacas, but I, I think that there's, that people want to try something different. And people are looking, people are looking for something different. They're not looking for same old, same old, like cows and things like this. They, they love looking at these animals and... I have some people that when we have open houses and the first open house we'll have is the first Sunday in June, that's what's called our Odyssey, and I'll have people that'll bring chairs here and sit here and just watch the alpacas the whole five hours that we're open and think nothing of it. And I, I just had a lady come in from last weekend, a lady called me and she wanted to come in on Saturday. And I said, fine, you know, and she says, well, what do you, what, what will the charge be? And I said, there's not going to be any charge, just buy something in the store. I said, I'm not going to go through that because I said, we're in, we're almost closed. And so she came and she had lost, within the last 10 days, she had lost two friends. And she remembers seeing my alpacas at the Wisconsin State Fair and what a calming effect they had on her. And so she wanted to see these alpacas here so she drove up from Milwaukee and spent about two hours here and just watched the alpacas and interacted with the alpacas, especially the two that were at State Fair, because she knew those. Because she, she must have been at State Fair a couple of days. I, I, I guess my thing on State Fair is always, I always think that you go one day and then that's it, but not the people down there. They go several days, I, I realize now, which is which is great, but she she noticed that they have this calming effect on people. So that's sort of how this all started, that we, we get alpaca products. And I think the hardest thing for people to do is when they feel the fiber, is putting their hands and feeling the fiber because they feel it's going to be pretty scratchy, like sheep wool. And I call it fiber, and the reason I call it fiber is because, and it is really a wool, but as soon as I mentioned the word wool, someone will raise their hand, some brave soul, and say, you know, I'm allergic to wool. And no, they're allergic to sheep wool. They're not allergic to alpaca. 99% <clears throat> of the people that are allergic to sheep wool, because I'm allergic to sheep wool. I mean, if I wear a sheep wool sweater on me, I get little red blotches all over. It looks like I have chicken pox. So we started this gift store thing, and it's just sort of expanded. It's expanded as much as it can be right now. Uh, but we bring products in, high-end products from Peru and Ecuador. And people people like the feel of it. People like, you know, the thermal qualities of it because alpaca is three times warmer than sheep wool. So we will sell in our little store here 2,000 pairs of socks in the months of November, December here, which is, is just craziness as far as I'm concerned because the socks are not cheap. They're like... 30 to 40 dollars a pair of socks but i had a lady that bought socks for me this year at the wisconsin state fair and i'm thinking who even looks at socks when it's 90 degrees come on and she 
she called me up in November. She says, I want, I want these, this style sock and I needed, I need, she was going to buy 11 pair. And I said to her, you know how expensive they are? She said, yeah, I know exactly how expensive they are. She said, you know how much money I spent on stuff that never worked? <laughs> and, and, and that's, you know, and that puts it in the proper perspective as far as I'm concerned, because the socks do work. They do keep your feet warmer. And what freezes first on people when they go outside, especially in when we're in the winter mode here. And so originally the store was just going to sell socks and scarves and things like that. But when I started to travel, I saw there's a lot of other products. And these products, I would support businesses that make stuff in the United States. And I don't have any problem with that. But the high-end stuff all comes from South America. And the reason is we don't have enough alpacas in the United States to keep a mill in operation. So most of it comes from Arequipa, which has the two largest mills in the world uh, that handle alpaca stuff. And then um, I guess the third largest mill in the world now is Ecuador, which I was really surprised at because I didn't even know that Ecuador even handled alpaca products. Because usually when we speak about alpacas, we speak about Peru, Bolivia, and Chile. But Ecuador has some, Argentina has some. Kevin, I understand that each year you take folks down to Peru for a tour. Would you please tell me something about that? Thank you. The first year I did it by myself, we took, I took eight people, then I took 12 people. No, then I took 10 people, then I took 13 people, and then the two of us. So we had 15 in our group. Next year, we will do 15 people, and then we will have two guides. And Laura is my other guide that I work with. But everything is organized for these people because, you know, unless you've traveled there, you don't know what you need to do. Right. And, and that's the whole thing. And, and I think the way I travel with people on, on the days we fly, because it includes three flights, on the days we fly, that's all we do is fly those days. Mm -hmm. And then you get into a hotel and you can rest or you can go shopping or you can go sightseeing. And then we do a tour in each city. We do a tour in Arequipa, Lima, and Cusco. And then besides the tour of them all, which is Machu Picchu. And, and people want to see Machu Picchu, but this is low season in, the win in our winter. And high season, I wouldn't even consider going because you would not be able to snap a picture without someone in it that you didn't know. And I always take early morning tickets for Machu Picchu because I think the early morning is, well, I know the early morning is less crowded. And you get to move around a little bit more than you do at, later on in the day. So, and the tour, we, we generally book, uh, Two years we booked out of Chicago, last year we booked out of Milwaukee, but everyone's, the tour really starts at the luggage carousel in Lima, and that's where I meet the people, and that's where we start going to the hotels and things like that. So. Okay, so we've done the tours, we've done... Right. 